The World Health Assembly opened on Sunday in Geneva, once again without Taiwan. Even so, Taiwan is making its voice heard. Health Minister Xue Ruiyuan held a press conference in Geneva saying that Taiwan's exclusion was contrary to the WHO's goal of achieving health for all. Taiwan's representatives also joined forums on the sidelines of the General Assembly. Premier Chen Jinren shared Taiwan's COVID experience via video conference. At the WHA's opening on Sunday, WHO Director General Tedros Adhanom called for a global pandemic treaty. The pandemic accord that member states are now negotiating must be a historic agreement to make a paradigm shift in global health security, recognizing that our fates are interwoven. Taiwan will likely not be part of this high-stakes agreement, as Taiwan was once again excluded from this year's WHA. One hour before the start of the assembly, a Taiwan delegation held a press conference, where the health chief appealed to the WHO. Excluding Taiwan from WHO not only jeopardized the rights to health of the 23.5 million people of Taiwan, it also seriously undermined WHO's effort to achieve health for all. A lawmaker and an activist thanked Taiwan's supporters, saying Taiwan had much to contribute and should not be left out. Together with the international community, Taiwan can and will continue to contribute more in the post-pandemic era. And here we have uh, witnessed nearly 500 Taiwanese people coming from different parts of the world to show their support. This is the largest number. At an event later on Sunday, the health minister had words of encouragement for Taiwan. We should not be discouraged. We have more and more friends and support at our side. One day, the circumstances will change. One day, we may be able to turn things around. Taiwan officials joined health forums held on the sidelines of the WHA. At one event, Premier Chen Jianren shared Taiwan's COVID experience via video conference. PHEIC needs to be announced quickly, transparently, and widely. World Health Organization should play a better coordinating role with professionalism and political neutrality. In 2019, it became a global pandemic. Uh, which affected uh, more than 750 million people. Earlier in the day, the World Medical Association, Taiwan Medical Association and Taiwan's health ministry hosted a breakfast meeting where officials argued for Taiwan's inclusion. Foreign Minister Joseph Wu has hit back at a lawmaker who said that recent visiting delegations have expressed support for Taiwan but offered no substantial aid. Responding to KMT legislator Wu Suhuai, the minister said that when more and more nations express support for Taiwan, they help enhance the security of the Taiwan Strait. He also refuted claims that his ministry had not given enough help to a Taiwanese student who was attacked last week in New York. On the internet forum D-Card, a post titled, I was subject to an indiscriminate attack in New York, has gone viral. The post was made by a Taiwanese student in New York who was struck in the head by a black woman. When the student asked for help from Taiwan's consulate, she was only given the contact information of a lawyer. The student wrote that this response was disappointing. We did provide our support. This claim that we ignored the situation is not true. 
This victim, as the result of our discussion with the victimized national, we found that she wanted to file a lawsuit, so we recommended a lawyer who had a long-term cooperative relationship with our consulate. Foreign Minister Joseph Wu described how the case was handled, emphasizing that his ministry had not been derelict in its duties. He also addressed allegations made by KMT legislator Wu Zihui, who said that visiting U.S. and EU officials have voiced support for Taiwan but have done nothing substantial to help. China is becoming a greater and greater threat to Taiwan. If more countries in the world, including the G7 nations, stand up against China's threat to Taiwan, then I believe Taiwan's security situation will be better. Besides crossing swords with the legislator, the foreign minister also rejected Elon Musk's recent remarks on Taiwan. Musk said that the official policy of China is that Taiwan should be integrated and that there's a certain inevitability to the situation. China threatens Taiwan without regard to the fact that Taiwan is a free and democratic society. This matter should be decided by the people of Taiwan. Taiwan has not been invited to the World Health Assembly for seven years in a row. The WHO's director general said that Taiwan's participation must be decided by a vote by member states. On Monday, Joseph Wu voiced his objection. I think that this statement does not match the expectations of our people. Taiwan's 23 million people are excluded from the WHO. Director General Tedros should accept Taiwan and allow Taiwan to be an observer at the WHA. Joseph Wu reiterated that Taiwan's participation in international affairs should not be decided by Beijing. A major oversight in this year's high school entrance exams will result in one free point for all test takers. After this year's English reading comprehension test, a teacher discovered that one question was from an official test preparation book released four years ago. Before teachers go in to write each year's comprehensive assessment program for junior high school students, questions that were used in previous years are published and excluded from that year's exam. But this year, we reused a test question that was published by our center. We will conduct an in-depth review of our question bank management to ensure that such incidents won't happen again. For the sake of fairness, we have decided to give all test takers the point for the first question on the English Reading Comprehension exam. According to education industry experts, students who want the top score of A++ can miss only two questions each on the Chinese, English, Math, and Social Studies tests. They can miss only two to three questions on the science exam. Students aiming for the most competitive schools will most likely need better scores than last year. They'll need at least 34.6 points for Jianguo High School and 33.4 points for Taipei First Girls High School. With social media present in every part of life, many people dream of becoming an influencer. Platforms like YouTube tout big ad revenue for popular channels. But financial advice expert and YouTuber Alan Chen says that even a channel with 100,000 subscribers can't provide a living. With 140,000 subscribers himself, he knows what he's talking about. So how can YouTube become a career? Here's Chen's guide on how to make online content profitable. Alan 
Chen walks into a room, sits down, and takes out his laptop, and he's ready to roll. Born in 1986, he worked in the finance industry for 10 years before he decided to film his first YouTube video three years ago. He focuses on labor insurance issues, and he now has more than 140,000 subscribers. His most popular video has almost 1.5 million views. 自己真的要六十五岁才真正退休的工作，透过正确的规划方式优化退休金，有机会比延后还要多。He uploads one video every week because his content has a very defined focus. He quickly made a name for himself in the finance influencer scene, but Chen admits that it's hard to make a living from YouTube traffic. I've looked at some YouTube channels with more than 100,000 subscribers. Their average monthly advertising profits are about 500 US dollars or 15,000 NT. If you want to be full time, you need 200,000 to 300,000 subscribers at least. Chen realized that most full time YouTubers don't rely solely on fluctuating viewings. Most make commercially sponsored content. Some offer online courses or other services. He too has expanded his services. Some subscribers now reach out to book personal financial consultations. Some people can't solve their issue by watching videos, so some send me a direct message or they fill in a form I have to book a consultation with me. If Chen breaks his income down, 20% of it comes from media. The biggest earner is financial consultations, which comprise 40% of his income. Financial planning is 20%, and the final 20% is online courses. Chen recommends that rookie YouTubers find three to five areas of expertise and post regularly to test the waters and see what viewers like. That's how to quickly zero in on a profitable niche. The world of antique electric fan collecting is a rarefied one. Electric fans have changed a great deal since they were first invented. Some thousands of Taiwanese collectors still cherish the old fans with their heavy metal frames and unique designs. Taizong-based collector and repair expert Zen Qingmu knows more than most about the industry. When other collectors need help repairing a vintage fan, they go to him. A fan collector made a special trip to Japan to buy this antique fan. When it was smashed in transit on the way home, his heart was broken. When he got home and opened the suitcase, he saw it had been smashed, and he was horrified. So he came and found me straight away. To some, these fans might seem like second-hand junk, but fan collectors know with one glance that they are vintage antiques, examples of classic brands like Datong. They're all at least 60 years old, and some were produced in Japan during the colonial era. After a little repair work, they're collectors' items, and some are worth tens of thousands of NT dollars. It's about the design style. Everyone wants to get fans that look different from the others. Really. The designs and styles used to be so unique, like perfume fans. They have a very special grill design. That's what collectors love best. Zheng says there are 2,000 or 3,000 antique fan collectors in Taiwan. They share their passion and exchange information online. Antiques are nothing like modern plastic electric fans. They cherish everything from the old motors and coils, solid materials and heavy metal frames, to the delicate, musty old fan smell. I 以前 
In the old days, electric fans were all about real, solid materials. Now they're all plastic, which is light, easy to tip over, and breaks easily. They used to be aluminum alloys or pig iron, so they were very steady. Unlike many antiques, electric fans take lots of love to get working again. They need to be appraised and repaired, and often get parts replaced, until they can get back into movement. For collectors, acquiring a fan is just the first step. When it's working again is when they feel a real sense of accomplishment. The U.S.-China tech war escalated on Sunday, with China failing Micron in a security review. China says Micron products have severe cybersecurity problems and will be banned from key infrastructure projects. Micron says it looks forward to engaging in discussions with Chinese authorities. Experts say the restriction won't deliver a significant blow to the company, as only about 10% of its revenue is derived from China. The tech war continues between the U.S. and China. After repeated U.S. sanctions on China's chip sector, Beijing retaliated in March with a cybersecurity probe against U.S. memory maker Micron Technology. China announced Sunday that Micron had failed the review. It's ordered operators of critical information infrastructure to stop buying Micron's products. Micron Technologies' products have severe cybersecurity problems that could pose significant security risks to China's critical information infrastructure supply chains. Its products pose a national security risk. Domestic critical information infrastructure operators should stop purchasing Micron products. Micron has acknowledged the results of the review. It says it's assessing its next steps and hopes to engage in dialogue with Chinese authorities. Currently, Micron's production lines in China are limited to one testing and packaging facility in Xi'an. Its production centers are in Taiwan and Singapore. The sanctions will have some impact, but it will be quite limited. After all, Micron's revenue from China has continued to decrease. The symbolic significance of the sanction could outweigh its actual impact. Only about 10% of Micron's revenue comes from its China operations, and so experts believe the sanctions will have a limited effect. According to a Financial Times report, the U.S. asked South Korea to ensure that Samsung and SK Hynix Semiconductor don't fill the gap that's left in China by Micron sanctions. The likelihood of them complying is not high. China is the biggest client for both Samsung and SK Hynix. They won't pull out of the Chinese market just because of the U.S.-China trade war or these chip wars. Though China's sanctions could hurt Micron's revenue, the company's operations are expected to remain largely unaffected. For now, the impact on the memory industry is minor. But with the U.S.-China chip war intensifying, sanctions could spread to more companies. Taiwan was the biggest winner at this year's World Genius Convention and Education Expo in Tokyo. Taiwan competitors bagged 27 gold medals, 8 silvers and 4 bronzes, as well as 5 special mentions. The youngest winner was a 4th grader from a Taipei elementary school. She and her sister invented the device that motivates pet cats to exercise. Our invention, the fitness cat scratcher. It's designed to help cats exercise. We've connected this cat feeder to reward cats every time they finished exercising. We also added this light so the owners could keep track of how many circles a cat has. There are Bluetooth speakers here to let the owner record their voice and upload it to encourage the cat when they're exercising. 
The sisters explain that the inspiration for the device came after discovering that 60% of pet cats are overweight. Their one-of-a-kind cat feeder releases food into the bowl only after a cat has rolled the scratching pole attached to it 20 times. The sisters say they will continue inventing gadgets and that their next project will focus on environmental protection. Jian Farmers Association in Hualien has been famous for ice cream for 23 years. But now, with a major upgrade to their factory, they've more than doubled production capacity. And the Jian Ice Empire looks set to expand even further. They plan to enable farmers from across the country to make ice cream with their own produce at the Jian factory. But just how much of a money spinner is ice cream? And does factory ice cream taste any good? Let's go to Hualien to find out. It's delicious, tastes great, especially the taro. It's such a strong peanut flavor, it doesn't seem to have any additives in it, just pure peanuts. These ice creams from Jian Farmers Association get high scores across the board. Customers say the flavors are fantastic. Feels like drinking fruit juice or eating a real pineapple. This little ice lolly contains a quarter of a pineapple. All the treats are made with real ingredients. The association earns 23 million NT a year from ice cream. That's about 11% of their annual revenue. The association never expected frozen treats to become such a golden goose. Last year, it spent more than 35 million NT on a brand new processing factory with upgraded, fully automated production lines. Production capacity has more than doubled. In the past, we could only produce two to three thousand ice lollies a day. Now we can produce six to eight thousand. Our ice business has grown about 20% in the last two years. We've invested in these production lines in recent years, and we hope they can grow to be 40 to 50% of our sales revenue. Jian Farmers Association first started making frozen treats in the year 2000, and it's still the only farmers association in Taiwan with an ice cream factory. Initially, it found success with the rice ice cream line. Later, it launched many local flavors like pumpkin, taro, and pineapple. Now it plans to offer an ice cream production service for Taiwan's 301 other farmers associations, enabling growers all over the country to make icy profits from their produce. The gym is becoming a hot choice for Taiwan's older adults. Today, we meet some of Taiwan's older weightlifting champions. 61-year-old Li Taiwei recently brought home a slew of medals from a powerlifting championship in Dubai. 90-year-old Lin Zhou Cha wild audiences at a weightlifting competition in Taiwan. We also chat to a fitness coach to find out how he helps older adults get into training in a safe and fun way, sometimes for the first times in their lives. Go, go, go. Yes, go, go. Wow. 61-year-old Li Taiwei lifts a 115-kilo barbell into the air in a clean sweep. From Last year, she competed at the Asian Classic Powerlifting Championships, clinching four gold medals. In 2022, a Taiwanese deadlifting competition was graced by the participation of this 90-year-old grandmother, Ling Zhou Cha. She lifted 62.5 kilos. My grandson takes me to the gym once a week. 
We spoke to fitness coach Danny, who says lifting weights and fitness training are great for older adults. It can prevent muscle loss and slow down the aging process. I normally look first at whether they have any history of injuries. If they do, then they will have some discomfort in their joints, and there will definitely be some actions they should avoid. If it's just their muscles that are limited, then it's a question of expanding their mobility so that they're not in pain during training. But if it's your first time entering a gym and you have absolutely no regular exercise routine, it pays to be cautious. A coach will first check your history of injuries and get you started with beginner moves like the squat. Gradually, you can add more weight. Of course, some people can go straight for the barbells. I had an older student who was in his 60s. At the start, he had poor mobility in his thoracic spine and in his hips. When I first showed him how to squat, he couldn't complete the movement correctly, basically. We gradually corrected the movements. For example, we got him doing exercises with light dumbbells. Now he can lift barbells of 50 or 60 kilos. The gym is not just for youngsters. When older adults get support from a knowledgeable coach, they can make a fitness plan that will take care of injuries while building up strength. With the correct technique and perseverance, you can reach your personal best in your twilight years. A large, unidentified creature was recently spotted in Shinzu's Xingfeng Township. The creature, which was described as part dog and part pig, was seen on both the roadside and in the creek. After another sighting last Sunday, the head of the village notified local authorities a squad of more than 10 people was sent to hunt the beast. A challenging three-hour chase ensued. Townspeople lined the creek, shouting directions and giving advice. Once the mysterious creature was captured, it was discovered to be a capybara. According to the village leader, the capybara was one of the two were imported as pets, each at a cost of 200,000 NT. Both capybaras had recently escaped, which means there's another one still on the loose. 